Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. I'm Tyson Popplestone, your host. And man, it's crazy. We're closing in on nearly 200 episodes here. It's uh, been a wild ride the last three and a half years. And I was reflecting on that this morning. And as I was reflecting, I was thinking about just what I've learned uh, uh, as an athlete myself, as a coach myself, as a fan of the sport myself in the last three and a half years. And uh, a lot of these boil down into some more bite-sized pieces. So today, I wanted to share a number of these with you because... There's one thing I love about running, it's that you never clock it. You never get to a point in your running career where you go, oh, I've got all the answers and everything is in place. It's a very malleable sport. Uh, Just as we think we've got something right, a niggle will pop up or a niggle will pop up and then we change something and that will go away. And it's a lot of trial and error and frustration and commitment and you have to be patient. And there's just so many elements that go into being a successful runner. So if there's a few secrets or a few things that I can offer you, which is going to help alleviate, help eliminate some of that frustration or tension or um, lack of enjoyment that might come as a result in your training, then hey, it's my goal to try and help you eliminate that. Now, uh, obviously, there's far more than 10 areas of running performance that we could focus on today. But these are a number that I've written down with the intention of offering to you as some of the most helpful, some of the most fundamental, uh, some of the most game-changing elements. Now, I'm sure over the course, if you've been here for a long time, uh, with so many listeners and so many people tuning into so many episodes, there's a a good chance you've heard me speak about some of these before. So take what's helpful, um, forget about what it is that you have tried and didn't work or you already got as a part of your training program. My goal here is to just offer you a little bit of food for thought. And if there's one thing out of these 10 that you can take away and it makes a difference to your training, that's a massive win for me. So it's exciting to be able to sit down here. I was just uh, doing a little bit of brainstorming this morning about my own marathon preparation for uh, October this year at the Melbourne Marathon, where I'm aiming to break 240. It's my first proper build-up to a, a marathon And I'm excited. I feel like I've got a a brand new, fresh appreciation for training, everything that goes for it. I just finished a little yin yoga uh, training session then because I feel like that's one element that I'm not even going to speak about today necessarily. Um, I sit down here feeling so much better and and so much fresher as a result of it. And I'm excited to get my head back in the game because I feel like I'm speaking to you now as an athlete and not just as a coach. So with all of that said, let's get started with number one. Number one is let's develop a focus on running technique. Running technique is something that you would have heard me speak about or would have heard guests on the show speak about in the past. And there's a reason for that. It's no surprise that the best athletes in the world are also coincidentally the smoothest movers. Look at Usain Bolt, um, Look at Kennedy Shibakili, Haley Gebrselesi, David Rudisha, Hisham al It doesn't matter. Have a look at the world record books and then get a video of that person's running and just have a look at the fundamental elements of their technique. They're often, and there's exceptions to the rule, but often you'll see an incredibly balanced, incredibly smooth, incredibly relaxed athlete that is seemingly doing it a lot easier than a number of the other athletes. So if you haven't done any focus on running technique, would highly encourage you or really encourage you to go and check out a number of the videos that we've got over at the Relax Running YouTube channel. There's a few fundamental elements that if you can focus on and start to change in yourself, you'll start to see big breakthroughs. Now, it doesn't have to be a, a massive overhaul. You can just do a little bit 
at a time. I like the idea of approaching just a, you know one or two elements of running technique to improve with the intention of making a focused effort to change that. That way it's not so overwhelming trying to change everything. But essentially, we're trying to eliminate tension from our technique. We're trying to eliminate wasted energy. We want to see a person who is balanced and relaxed even when the going gets tough. So I would really encourage you, if you haven't done any technique work or you don't even know where to start with that, to check out some of our YouTube channels because in a sport like distance running, the way that you use your energy is so important. And if you're throwing away that energy through inefficient technique or tension buildup that doesn't need to be there, uh, it's only costing you important seconds that you're trying to get rid of. The second one we want to talk about is training with a purpose. Uh, what does that mean? Essentially, training with a purpose means know what it is specifically that you're training for. I always like the idea that uh, a ship can't get to where it's going unless it knows the destination that it has in mind. I mean, I got a tattoo of a ship in the uh, rough ocean saying homeward bound on my arm. I like it so much. And the reason for that is I think so many of us, we go out and we've got the best intentions. We'll put in the hard work, we'll do the gym, we'll beat our bodies up. And then six months will go by and we're like, oh, I don't feel like I've really seen any big improvement. So there's two things within this point. Know where it is that you're training for. Set yourself a big goal and have road or have a, a bit of a roadmap towards that with a couple of stepping stones. So you might have a couple of 10K races or a half marathon race in the build up to your big uh, marathon race. The reason that we do this is because working back from a goal race, it allows us to be able to schedule and structure the relevant training sessions. With me training for a marathon, there's no point me just doing 100 meter reps uh, as hard as they might be, as good as I might feel after it because 100 meter reps aren't gonna really help my marathon performance. I mean, including that as a small part of my training could be beneficial, but as the core of my training, seems like a waste of time. I know I need to be hitting up the long runs. I need to be hitting consistent 30 to 35K runs in about 12 weeks, so for about 12 weeks in the lead up to my marathon. I need to be doing longer progressive runs at my marathon race pace. The reason I know how to structure my training is because I know where it is that I'm going. When you actually know where it is that you're going, it's an easier way to measure your improvement as well. I'll know on October the 16th this year how my build-up to the Melbourne Marathon will have gone based on the fact that the result will be there. So set yourself a goal, set some small stepping stones on the build-up to that goal, and that makes it so much easier to reflect back and go, okay, what can I change? What did I do well? What is helping me as an athlete and what can I eliminate? The third thing we want to speak about, and I've heard people like um, Jess Trengo or Jess Stenson, sorry, uh, Genevieve Lacaz. I spoke to Emily Durgan from the States the other day. And one thing that I'm going to be including in my training in the build up to Melbourne this year is some more cross training. Now, the idea of getting out there and clocking up a heap of kilometers in your training diary, it's exciting. It looks good. It feels good. There's something about seeing high numbers. But the problem is, high numbers don't always co correlate to a faster performance obviously the more pressure you're putting on your body and your joints through uh, intensive or longer running training if, especially if you haven't done it before can be in uh, counted with a nice cross training option like uh, maybe jumping on a stationary bike or elliptical training or going for a swim the beauty with some cross training maybe one or two days a week or as a second session during the day is it takes away that pressure from your joints it takes away that pressure from your muscles but it still gets your heart rate up quite high so that aerobic tank that you're trying to build can still be developed even though you're not actually going to be out there uh, running as such Jen Gregson said that some of her biggest improvements and one of the biggest game-changing elements of her running training 
was implementing some water running sessions. So don't get caught up in the idea that to be a better runner, you have to just run more. Another option or an alternative option might be to take some weight and pressure off your body and do some uh, high heart rate cross training on the bikes, the ellipticals or in the pool. You've got a whole heap of options. As long as you go back to the other point and know what it is you're training for, then it's easier to implement some of these alternative sessions into your training week. Obviously, our goal is consistency, and consistency comes when we're not injured. So cross-training is often a, a really supportive way to do that. The fourth thing we want to look at is our fueling options, especially for you longer-distance runners or you ultra-marathon runners. One of the helpful things that I've learned from Andy Blow from Precision Fuel and Hydration, who are helping me out on the way to the Melbourne Marathon, is that we need to know how to fuel effectively for our body type. Now, I've spoken about this a lot before, so I won't go into too much detail. If you want more on this, check out the episode I did a couple of weeks ago with Andy Blow, where he speaks about it in a whole heap more detail. Essentially, we wanna make sure that we're replacing the electrolytes that we're using and that we're fueling with carbs in a really effective manner. You can't fuel effectively until you know what kind of sweater you are, until you know what kind of food you respond to. So in the lead up to your races, have a little bit of a toy with some uh, food options. I've started doing this just with some longer races. Yesterday, I just went for 10Ks easy run. And the night before that, I just had some uh, some old school pasta. I don't usually like the pasta because I'm a bit of a health nut. I like something a little bit more uh, whole with a little bit more fiber. But just as a lead up to my marathon, I thought, all right, I'm going to start fueling with the things that people have been fueling with for a while. So the reason I'm doing that so early is so I know, okay, this works, this doesn't. I don't know whether it was placebo or what, but yesterday on my run, I felt fantastic knowing that I had a, a few more carbs in the tank. Beyond that, also encourage you to figure out how to fuel within a race. Make sure you're practicing with your gels and with your hydration and with your electrolytes, just so you know that when you get to race day, your stomach can handle it, you know what your body responds well to, and you can at least eliminate some of the stress that comes with not knowing how to fuel your body correctly. As I said, Precision Fuel and Hydration is a great place to start, especially with their free sweat test. Um, as a relaxed running listener, they've created a coupon code RELAXED23. Uh, relaxed running 23 I'm going to have to double check that and put it in the show notes below. Um, but use the show, uh, sorry, use that coupon code in the show notes that I've included to get 15% off any of their products. The next one we want to speak about is using visualization. Visualization is a really helpful tool to helping you navigate your way through some of the hurdles that come up on race day. One of the most frustrating or one of the most frightening uh, or shocking things that can happen when we get to a race is to get to a certain point and be too fast or too slow and then panic. I like the idea, and I'm a big fan of meditation and um just trying to practice seeing things in my mind's eye. I'm, I'm really trying to develop that mental element of my my health. They would say I'm, I'm really healthy. It's another area that I, I'm just passionate about, curious in, and as a result, have started to put a bit more work into. Visualization helps us see the potential problems that come up on race day. Uh, more than that, I like the idea of actually practicing visualizing myself, completing the goal that I've set for myself. The reason I like to do that, the first part of that is it helps me see any potential obstacles that might come up. During a visualization process, I might uh, notice that in the run that I'm going to be running or in the race that I'll be running, there's a certain hilly section or curvy section or uh, windy section. And uh, just that almost 
minor detail that I've recognized can really impact the way that I train for a race like that. If I notice that the, the course has got a few more hills, I might implement a bit more of that into my running routine. But more than that, just the emotion of getting out there with a big crowd can be overwhelming sometimes. Big city marathons, you've got thousands of people lining up. And as a result, if you're there for the first time, it can be like, oh my gosh, I didn't see any of this. I didn't imagine any of this. That simple step of practicing or visualizing what it is that you're going to be working into, walking into is, um, is really beneficial. The next one is building into your runs. One thing that a lot of new runners do when they go out for training is they'll go out and they'll just go balls to the wall pretty much. They'll try and run it faster than they did yesterday. I like the idea of trying to negative split some of my runs. Now, I don't do this with a conscious effort, but I like the idea of just working into my training runs, almost using the first few miles or first few kilometers as a training buildup. And then if the body's feeling good and I feel as though um, I'm holding up quite well as a result, of, of building into it slowly, then naturally I'll notice the pace of my runs improve. Yesterday, one thing that I noticed was uh, on my 10K run, my first kilometer split was like five minutes to 35. And then without any more effort, I noticed the next one was 5.05. The next one was about 4.45. So naturally, as your body starts to warm up, you're going to feel more and more comfortable. And as a result, your pace will improve. So don't put pressure on yourself to get out there and feel as though you have to absolutely just smash those first couple of uh, uh, splits. You don't. Let your body build into it. Your body is often a really good judge of how hard you should run. If you're not hitting splits for whatever reason, don't stress. Like there's go out there with a, a, a bit of a broad overview of roughly what it is that you're trying to um, you're trying to hit for your run and if you're off it don't worry there's days like that it might be a, a sign to say that you're a little bit tired you've been doing too much it might be a sign to say something within your training needs to change so pay attention to it but don't allow the stress of that to build up because it can be a, a really frustrating experience I mean the running world can throw enough stress at us without us um, adding any more little trials and um, you know emotional draining perceptions of whatever the event is. So know that you're going to have runs like that and it's just all part of the process. The seventh thing is make sure you're getting enough rest. This can look different. It ties in beautifully with the last point. Depending on how often you're training or depending on how new you are to the sport is going to dictate how much rest you actually need. Personally, I like the idea of having at least one day a week where I'm not running. That's my 16-week build-up plan. There's going to be one day a week where I won't, uh, won't run. Uh, alternatively, I might do some of the cross-training that I spoke about. I might do some yoga. I might do a gym session. But the truth is, it's a day to do whatever it is that I feel like doing. If I don't want to run, I won't have to run. I like the emotional, oh, sorry, the mental freedom that I get from that. And I also like the idea of giving my body an actual chance to um absorb the work that I've put in. Now, part of the reason that I'm going to be implementing a one day a week off um, practice is just because I haven't run super competitively or super hard for quite a long time. So as a result, my body's not used to going out and just running seven days a week, especially with the distance that I'm going to be running. So as a result, that day off just gives me a chance to put my feet up, get a massage potentially, do some self-massage, um, have an ice bath, whatever it is that I feel recovers me, uh, helps me recover, I'll implement that into the schedule. So do a little bit of journaling. Take some time to figure out, hey, what refreshes your tank? How much do you enjoy running? Do you like running every day? If not, don't do it every day because consistency is the key. And if you're doing something every day you hate, chances are you're not going to be able to maintain that for a whole heap of time. So be patient with yourself. Give yourself some downtime. Give yourself the opportunity to absorb the work. And don't get caught up in the idea that you need to be running as much as you know some other athlete. 
The eighth thing I wanted to mention to you guys is setting realistic goals. We often jump into a sport like running and go, all right, in October, I'm going to run the fastest time I've ever run. Um, that's an example that I've just used of my own. In October is when I'm running the marathon. I am trying to run the fastest time I've ever ran. <laughs> Maybe this one applies to myself. But uh, don't be a brand new runner who's been running for two weeks and be frustrated at yourself that you can't complete a marathon or a half marathon or 5Ks yet. Give yourself the opportunity to build up. If you can keep showing up consistently over time, you're going to be able to take big steps forward. The main focus for you should be being consistent, staying injury-free, and just giving your body the opportunity to adapt to the training that you're doing. One of the things I struggled with as well as a young guy was I remember being 21 and seeing Ryan Gregson come onto the scene and run like 340 or 335. And at the time, he was four years younger. He was um, running so much quicker. And it, it sort of took away a little bit of my motivation because I was like, man, like, who am I, who, like, what am I doing? Do I really think I'm going to be able to match it with top athletes as a result of um, uh, the fact that, you know, I'm four years older. This guy's running faster than me. It was it really took away some some of my joy from my training for a little while. So one of the things that I find so helpful is to do my best to put my blinkers on and not focus on, on any other athlete. I just... There's no point. There's nothing that you can get out of stressing about the performance of someone else and wishing that you're as good as them or as fast as them or uh, as strong as them. Uh, you're your own athlete. Who knows what you're going to achieve in the next couple of years if you can be consistent. So don't get yourself caught up and miserable based on what someone else is doing. Focus on what you can improve and then implement the steps required to see that improvement. Number nine actually ties in beautifully to, to that point. It's focus on the present moment. We can get so caught up thinking, all right, in 12 months, I want to run this time. In 18 months, I want to run this time. And it can almost see like every training session doesn't really carry much weight as a result because you've got such a broad view of what you're trying to achieve. Rather than, that, uh, rather than doing that, just go, all right, we know where we're heading. What's required of me today? And that's all. All you can do is what you can do on the day. There's no point thinking, oh, I hope in six months I can do that session. No, no. Today is your one focus. If you get through today, then tomorrow when you wake up, focus on what you're doing that day. If you can learn to develop uh, uh, the skill to focus on the present moment, it makes training so much more enjoyable because I always feel that with that perspective, each training session is more valuable. And it's true. I'm not going to run a good marathon if I don't do each training step each day if that makes sense. I'm not saying I have to tick every box perfectly. I'm saying that in, say, that marathon's in 200 days, well, I've, there's no point me worrying about what I'm going to do on day 140 because today's day one. Let's just focus on that. Today I'm doing some yoga. I'm going to the gym. It's part of building back from calf strains, and then hopefully tomorrow I can do something similar, including a run. Does that make sense? Focus on what you can actually do today and let the future take care of itself. And the, the lucky last one, is developing a positive attitude. Yeah, it sounds corny, a little bit wanky. I get it. What is developing a positive attitude? Running has the potential to to challenge this. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be bad runs. There's going to be bad training sessions. Some days you're going to feel horrible. Some days you're going to hate running. That's fine. Understanding it's all part of it and not getting caught up in the emotional fuel that comes with a thought like that. You don't need to beat yourself up. Just go, all right, well, running is a challenging sport. It's going to offer these challenges. I've spoken about thought monitoring sheets before. I often, like, I do this on a regular basis. I write down thoughts in my phone that I notice myself getting stressed about or frustrated about or angry about, and I challenge them. So say one of those thoughts is, uh, you know, you should be running faster than you are right now. I'll challenge that. I go, well, Tice, 
you're recovering from a calf strain. You gotta give yourself some time to build up. You've got 200 days to see that improvement. Who knows what can happen in 200 days? And it essentially challenges the story that your brain throws out at you. Often we buy into the first story that we hear our brains throwing at us and it's not always negative. So learn to challenge that and develop a more positive attitude. I notice in myself, I've never been more positive than when I do this on a regular basis. The same can be true for you. So there's gonna be hurdles, but it's no need for you to have to feel beat up as a result. Really, um, really excited to, to hear about what you guys think is uh, uh, beneficial to you. So uh, if you've got anything to add to this, shoot me a message over at Instagram. I'd love to hear it. Uh, it's always good to, to hear from you guys. There's so many of you all around the world who um, have kept me updated on, on your training, whether that's via Strava or through Instagram messages. It's great to know who listens. I rarely reach out to people who do podcasts that I listen to, um, but it means a lot. So if you've got something out of this or you've enjoyed the podcast, jump over to Apple, leave a, a five-star review uh, or leave a review. If it's too mean, don't leave it because it stuffs up the look. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't want any one-star reviews, but uh, we'd love to hear from you if you've uh, got anything to say. But I hope that was helpful to you. Uh, really hope your training's going well don't forget got more over at the training hub uh, i'll link that in the show notes below so if you want to get in touch with me speak about your training come up with a little coaching thread access any of our um, support crew or our, our training blogs or our video library bonus podcast and anything you can do that over at the training hub you'll also get discounts off a number of courses that we're putting together at the moment excited i'm currently in the process of working on one called the marathon method which is going to be a really immersive look at a build up to a marathon so i'll make sure i keep you posted on how that's going and when it's available but for now that's enough from me happy training and uh, and i'll see you all again next week thanks for listening to the relaxed running podcast if you're ready to become a faster more efficient runner visit www.relaxedrunning.com